Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today again, we have Jonathan and Chris of Minute Impossible. Welcome back. Dun, Thank you. Dun, Thank you for having dun, us here. Dun, 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 I feel like we just did this yesterday. Oh, are we just now talk? you're getting it. Are you guys Ayo. just playing the same day again? I mean, that's, that's what we're doing, right? That's it. We just keep doing <laughs> We're going to keep doing the same minute over and over again. <laughs> we got you now. Uh, we got you. Find new things to say about minute 11. <laughs> 111 71 what is it 71 71 no I, <laughs> 70 well now we're on docking bay 72 so yeah <laughs> we've we've asked you here to join us to talk about minute 72 mr dave minute 72 what's going on Minute 72 is a, it's a quieter minute we're at 3 a.m in the morning they're both tired as the snow falls outside and phil reads a bit more to rita and is careful not to wake her Oh, how sweet. I can't believe yeah. she can't stay up. It's been know. a long day. Yeah, doesn't she want to see him disappear? Long day. Uh, long yeah. day. Yeah, if she if she really did, you know, believe him, it'd be like, all right, let's go downstairs and uh, rummage through the coffee, put a pot on, and let's just get wired. Yeah, let's keep... Because I'm really curious. I want to know what happens at 6 a.m. Yeah. Like, I would... Yeah. She made it till midnight. She made it... It's a little after three here. 302 on the clock that we see like just a couple more hours and yeah. would it be great magical if, maybe yeah wouldn't it be great if phil melted and he felt it <laughs> oh every time he oh. changed <laughs> and it's just that's like awful. no <laughs> how awesome would that be if that's that's a different movie yeah that's a whole if he actually movie. felt the pain of changing in back into himself so he's like wolverine <laughs> who like feels you know every time he he extends his claws or his blade that like, he feels every that time. every single time <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd be great <laughs> i wonder that like most days he's probably asleep by yeah, the time it rolls time. around but he's got to um at least once kind of yeah. just kind of curious what happens and um maybe uh-huh. just maybe that night he's in the jail cell i can't imagine that's very comfortable that's true yeah I mean, though, I mean, they're a little older than like our college days when you would pull all nighter to get some kind of work done. Like I remember doing that for a for a computer science project. Mm-hmm. We were me and my group were in the computer lab, and we were like there all night. The security guy was like, "You guys okay?" And we're like, "Oh yeah." And it's just us and like stacks of pizza boxes in the computer lab. <laughs> and then yeah, I remember we finished the program, we had it all uploaded. And I remember walking out of the lab at like five fifty in the morning. We're like, "All right, I'll see you at 11. And we, we all went, went back to our dorms and. To fall asleep, and they went back to present it at 11. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember doing that, like, just by, like, not even meaning to, playing games on the computer. And and, um, back in my college days, not, like, all the dorms weren't all wired up to the internet. You didn't have Wi-Fi everywhere, even even internet that you could plug in. I remember going to the computer lab to, to, to play games online and just play 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 and then look up and like why are all these people you know i you know <laughs> you go down it's like midnight and you know there's there's one or two people then you know they're all just playing games like there's a couple people in the room and then you know around 9 a.m when the computer you know computer science classes start to meet and all of a sudden like people start coming in you're like oh what's oh there's a class going on 
in this room. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, you I just remember go doing. I just did this yeah. this last night. I was up until seven in the morning. So you know, and I had been up the whole day before. So wow. Yeah. Where, no, where Why? were you up at? Were you playing games that early? No, no, I was working. Oh, okay. Crying. He's crying. Oh, <laughs> I'm crying. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, please just end Jurassic World two. Please end Incredibles. I want to go home. Oh yeah, yeah you're at the theater. Oh yeah. Shoot. And then you still got to do closeouts and stuff like that. So you're there until. By the time I got home, I think it was seven thirty, and then by the time Ugh. I fell asleep, it was eight. Oh. So yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, Jurassic World two, that gets my seal of approval. Go see that. That's a yeah, fun I movie. It is fun. Directed by a guy who does horror movies, and they finally put a horror movie director in on a dinosaur inside of a house movie. And that's fun and scary, and don't take, like, little, little kids. Like, under five (laughs) might be too scary. Yeah, it's a haunted house movie with dinosaurs. All right, won't take any kids. It's so much fun. Dave, 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 don't take any kids. (laughs) Yeah, don't go picking up kids in the corner and say, hey, you want to go see Jurassic Park, (laughs) Jurassic World 2? Come on, come on! I got candy. Go pick up some kids. Hey, want to see a movie? <laughs> yeah. I've been out trolling my puppy in this movie day. theater. Yeah. How you doing, little girl? Oh no! Yeah. Edit that out. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it is a monster movie. The dinosaurs are monsters. Exactly. So yeah, it makes sense. Speaking of monsters, let's talk five, about Rita. Five years. <laughs> Speaking of monsters. Yeah, Rita. Rita is a monster here. My my question about this minute is: Is Rita falling for him based on the fact that there is no tomorrow? Is that what her attraction to him is at this point in this minute? I know yeah. he gets a redo of of her again, but is she mm-hmm. falling for him based on the fact that in his mind this doesn't matter? And she's fascinated enough. She still hasn't seen it happen, and she's just been bamboozled into thinking it was midnight. Now she's going to sleep. So, which tells me she's comfortable with him because she's sleeping next to him. So, is she falling in love with him because of there is no tomorrow? That's a good question. Yeah, I I think that's part of it. I think there's, it's kind of you know it's it's a little bit of Greece like the summer loving, the camp romance kind of thing. You know, if you've ever done it when you were younger or single, I've done you, it, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> well, specifically if you if you were on vacation or yeah. at summer camp or something. Oh, I was hookup king in summer camp. I <laughs> always, yeah. always theater okay. camp. I'm like a god. There you go. <laughs> but there's there's a certain acceleration of relationships. Oh yeah, it was, yeah. in a week you were already madly in love with the person. Exactly because you know, like, oh, we're you know. We'll we're only at camp for for a month or something, or or it's a vacation where you know we're on a cruise or something. It's only a week, and then we're both going to go home. We're never going to see each other again. So you don't you don't have time for a long um, getting to know you kind of period, which is good you on know, some courtship. levels and bad on some others. Yeah, but, but it if, hey, if, everything. It, if it if it turns out to be bad, if it's a mistake, oh, we're going to go home. So yeah. that kind of that kind of thing, it's like. Even if like, oh, so, yeah, this is even if she doesn't believe the whole no tomorrow thing, they're kind of it's not vacation. It's a working trip, but they're away from home. So I think she is loosened up a little bit, like kind of what happens in Punxsutawney stays in Punxsutawney. (laughs) That's like, all right, I can be nice to this guy here. But then once we get back to once we get back to Pittsburgh, Phil's going to turn back into Into Phil, (laughs) you know, into Zuko and he's going to be a jerk. Yeah, he's going to be back to being a jerk, and she'll go back to whatever it was she was doing. And it's going to be an awkward work environment. <laughs> yeah, 
potentially. But I so I, I think there is there is a part of it that she's let her guard down because of the situation and certainly the way Phil is presenting it, like none of this matters because it's all gonna reset and you're not gonna remember it. And she's because kinda he, going along. Because he chiseled her face out of ice. That's what's made her fall in love with him. Yeah. Why well she that? hasn't done that yet. Yeah. So she is Oh he hasn't? I thought no, he had at this yet. point. No, he hadn't yet. Sorry. Okay, I only watched my minutes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He's no. never seen this movie before. Just That's not it. true. I have a story, but I'll wait until the end of the week. Okay. Oh, ooh, something. Just nothing, it's nothing great. It's actually very sad, but I'll, I'll tell you to you later. Right. Well, what's interesting to me about this minute is that this is uh, that um, you know typical thing that happens with, with couples or people who are falling in love, that they have that one night where they're always up, where they stay up the entire night. Because mm-hmm. they really don't want it to end, and this is what's happening in this in these minutes as it is. Uh, and Phil is like definitely not wanting to fall asleep because he's enjoying it too much and knows that it's probably going to disappear in the morning. So that's I, it gives it a whole other level that it's you know commenting on most uh, most couples in general when they when they find that that person that they want to spend the rest of their lives with they uh, they have that moment of uh, or the day that night of staying up all night with them. You know, I bet he also doesn't want her to see him melt. So <laughs> he's worried that he's she's going to hear him scream. So is it like, you know, is it like Lost Ark melting? Does the clock open up like the Ark of the Covenant? And don't look the, at it, Rita. <laughs> close don't, your eyes. Rita. Close your, close eyes, your eyes, Rita. Eyes. Don't look at it. <laughs> That's exactly uh, what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's painful. Like it's skin first, eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Head exploding. Yeah. This is my head cannon. If you're not going to show it to me, I'm just going to assume. Well, yeah, they, they leave this open for us to fill in however we will. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that the feeling of you don't you've had a good day and you don't want it to end, particularly even more so in 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 Phil's position. I mean, I would do this just because I'm, you know, I have no self-confidence and I'd be like, I don't know what I did to get there's like a live actual human woman on my bed and this will never happen again. So I don't want it to end yeah. kind of thing. Um, and that's even, you know, and, and I don't live the same day over and over again. Um, I think I did, you know, if, if it was Phil's situation, I'd be like, okay, well this can end because all I have to do is exactly what I did today and I will get this again tomorrow. But we know that doesn't work. No, you're right. Exactly. We know that there is some sort of uh, chaos theory going on that yeah. doesn't allow the exact thing to happen. It's a false promise that, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and, and, and we've seen it. There's, there's a couple things and actually coming up, you'll miss it. Oh, you're going to, you're going to just miss it. There's some stuff in minute 75 Damn. next week where that, like we see some chaos theory stuff where like, oh, that didn't happen before. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's, and that's something probably Phil's aware of that he's maybe, been, maybe he's been around theory? the block a few times. Maybe it's string theory. String theory. It's the one where there's multiple. Uh, every every action has a, a million different permutations and it creates alternate realities. We're just splintering all the yeah. time. Is that, isn't that string? I yep. think that's... Is that, isn't that quantum theory? Maybe. The quantum chaos theory? You may be right. Uh, string yeah. theory, is, it breaks it... You're breaking it, the theory all the way down and that's like the smallest component that we can... Look, I'll go watch the Big Bang Theory and figure out what I was talking about, okay? <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think Isn't string theory the one that... Isn't that why cats will knock everything off if, you, if there's anything on a shelf or near an edge? Yeah, that's, I don't give a crap theory. That's, that's a yeah. blasé theory. <laughs> that's the, I don't F give that up. theory, man. Yeah. All right. So we'll just, just bring a, a little couple 
like technical notes, I guess, on on the second minute. twenty. Go second twenty. Second twenty. Oh, not even second twenty. I was going to start at second eight oh, when okay. when just saying the music comes in. We were saying yesterday yeah. how it's just these two having their conversation on the bed, no background noise, and then the gentle, our gentle uh, George Fenton score slowly comes in uh, around second eight, and then second ten we start. Um, Starts on the the frosted window. We see the snow is falling. Slowly pans over, and then, as as you said, Dave, second twenty, we have panned to the the side table with the clock. And so, Dave, what do what do you see at second twenty? Uh, to the Can you right. Guys say second twenty one more time. To the right of the clock. <laughs> it's second twenty. Right of the clock. Yeah. The mints. Only one of the mints is eaten. Someone ate a mint. <laughs> I mean, we finally have confirmation of a mint being eaten. I think that's a pretty big deal because we never, ever see Phil eating the mints. So I assume he's given up on eating the mints. He knows what they taste like. So I guess he gave one to Rita and said, hey, this, is a, this always sits here. Yeah, I assume Rita ate the mint. She's just like, oh, you're, you're not going to eat those? Oh, I'm going to eat them. Can't just <laughs> leave them there. <laughs> I just I felt good that we finally got confirmation because we never get to see it, but they're always there in the nightstand every morning. Yeah. Now, what is that in in front of the clock? Is that like a watch? I can't exactly tell what's on the nightstand there. Did like Phil take a watch off or something? It's not. It, they look like sunglasses, but I don't know. The bridge looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. And but, it's February. You don't need shades, really. Right. Well, you oh, get the sun. He does wear them later. Sun, you know, bouncing off the <laughs> the snow. You guys know. Glare. You guys know where you live. Oh, that's definitely a watch. No. <laughs> that's a watch all right i'm just gonna say that yeah all if, right if i say it definitive that's a watch it's we can move gotta, on it's gotta be yeah fine, at fine, second yeah. 20 at second 20 second 20 at second 20 uh, uh sean tell me about yeah. poems for every mood po- yeah po- so the the book that phil is holding here is it's poems for every mood and it's got um it's it's edited by harriet monroe but basically when you're sad and it's got, you know, poems. <laughs> oh, I'm really happy. So excited. Poem time. Yeah. Who, yeah. who can make a tree? <laughs> uh, only God can make a tree. Oh, and this um, this book is actually available. It's on. This is from. This is a hardcover from 1933. Wow. Um, edited by Harriet Morton. Illustrations hey. by Janet Lawrence Scott. And there is a copy I assume used on Amazon for forty four ninety five, hmm. so you can have your very own copy. And it's actually it's got a hundred percent five star reviews on Amazon. Okay, it's it's no one no one doesn't not dislike this book. Everyone for your younger it. listeners, it's the Paddington Two <laughs> of poetry books. Exactly, <laughs> the, the Paddington Two. But I mean, this has this has a lot of this has got this has got everyone's got yeah yeah Shakespeare, Pope, uh, Emerson, uh, Joyce Kilmer. Let's see, do, 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 do. Pound, Ezra Pound, I assume. This it's it's hard. Tate. Some of these some of these names have definitely come up in my English class. Th- does it have Jewel in it? Is does Jewel's poem? Jewel, yes, Jewel, Jewel. is there. Jewel crane. Is it's there. got the crane. It's got the Crane brothers in it. It's got Kyle and Brady Crane of Jurassic Park Minute. There you go. Yeah, they're in there. Shout out to those guys. So, uh, have, yeah. Have you got? Uh, here's here's my one fun fact. 
and you guys can use your movie knowledge and see if you can remember what other movie do they reference this Joyce Kilmer poem about only God can make a tree mm. without looking it up. Okay. Without looking it up. Yeah. Don't look it up. I'm going, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the line in the way that it was said. It's like trees by Joyce Kilmer. It's Superman two, isn't it? Bing bong. He got it. <laughs> oh. Superman two. Yep. Remember when they're in the, when, the, the, the they're in the yeah. uh, Lux Luthers in the Fortress of Solitude and he puts in a random crystal mm-hmm. and some dude goes, Trees by Joyce Kilmer. I think that I shall never see anything as beautiful as a tree. And he pulls the crystal and she's, Miss Tessmark is like, I like trees. He's like, So does your average cocker spaniel. <laughs> uh, such good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah. And to, my, to this day, when I hear someone say the word trees, I always go, that's trees what I think of too. by Joyce Kilmer. <laughs> that's what I think of, too. It's that yeah. same guy who did Guilty. He's one of the, he's one of the guilty voices. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah, I don't... Not, not I, much of a reader, though. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, I don't know much about poetry. I, I don't know really anything about Joyce Kilmer, if he's considered a good poet or not. Didn't I know this Batman? is not a good... Oh, no, this, this Val Kilmer. Is Joyce Kilmer a man? It's a man. Oh, I, think it's I didn't man. know. I'm pretty sure it's a man. Um, <laughs> Add a baby, just, eats a just, boy. We're just going with man. <laughs> but this is like not, it's not a good poem. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how it's to say it. I mean, the. I'm not big on poems anyway, so you're not going to get me to uh, <laughs> any poem. I'm kind of like, all right. Yeah. I don't know. It's not well, I, you know, by Guns and Roses. I probably don't enjoy that poem. <laughs> I, I Googled it, and Google said this is not a good poem. So I'm like, all right, <laughs> oh, that's, I'm going to. That's go the first that. result. That's hateful. <laughs> yeah. Google's a and, mean person. Yeah. Do you mean crap poem? I just mean well. The rhyming scheme is very simple. It's you know, see tree, press breast, day pray, wear. Wait, hair. breast is in there. Hold on. Oh yeah. Read this. Let me go read this poem. There's, there's, yes. This is a PG-13 poem. There are oh, there, oh. there there's only one breast. Is, oh, that, is, that why Phil's, is that why Phil's reading it to her? Because he's like, Maybe. hey, sexy stuff. Yeah, what is yeah, what is yeah, Sean, what is Phil saying? I was trying to pick that up. What is he saying? So he is saying, uh, only God can make a tree is the last line of the poem. So he's saying, you know, so what did uh um he's like, what's oh yeah, so the last thing you heard. Yeah, Rita's falling asleep. She's saying, uh, and of course, like a like a child, as her eyes are closed, she's saying, I'm not tired. What were you saying? And then Phil says, I think the last thing you heard was only God can make a tree, which is interesting. So in the this actually this scene is not in the first version of the screenplay from Danny Rubin. It actually um, it cuts that version. It cuts right from there's there's the scene in the diner. Where Phil does his parlor tricks, he knows everything about everyone in town. And it cuts from there, it jumps this, and it goes directly to Phil in the library and studying and piano lessons and all that stuff. So this scene is not in there. In the the revisions, the couple of revisions I have, the versions of the screenplay from uh, Harold Ramis, it has this scene, but that line is different. It's It kind of plays out much the same way. But then Rita says, what were you saying? And then Phil says, I think the last thing you heard was, I was saying that the cow was eventually returned to its rightful owner. <laughs> I have no idea what that line means. <laughs> I went to um, a, a, the, the former guest, Robert Black, of the Groundhog Day Project, who had, you know, 
for those that don't remember, uh, the Groundhog Day project was where uh, Mr. Black watched this movie, the whole movie, every day for a year and wrote about it in his blog at groundhogdayproject.blogspot.com. And he had no idea <laughs> what that line <laughs> meant, what that's referring to. Uh, there's nothing on it in either Ruben's ebook on the, the the screenplay in the movie or the commentary from Ramus. I I have no idea what that means. Right, they ask Ruben. I guess I just yeah. throw, chalk that up. <laughs> I was saying that the cow was eventually returned to its rightful owner. It sounds like he's reading a children's book at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's that doesn't sound like something out of a poem from this book. I don't know, um, but maybe it was just it maybe you know just kind of a throwaway line that they put in as a placeholder, intention you know intending to eventually return it. Or replace it with a line from an actual poem. That's true. Because the only thing I know about a cow is the only poem I know about a cow at the end: a dish and a spoon run away together. Yeah, that's all I know. So I don't. I was like, what? What's he saying? Is it a joke? (laughs) Is it like a joke? Is it a joke? Yeah. If if I have to say, is it a joke? It's probably not a joke. (laughs) Exactly. You're supposed to know. You're not supposed to guess. But yeah. Yeah, So that was that was esoteric. Sure. But so what he actually says is only God can make a tree which is you know just a few minutes ago phil was saying that he is a god or he thought he was a god so is phil saying he can make a tree is that is like the takeaway from this poem he can make one out of ice yeah i was gonna say there you go he he could sculpt one with his eyes closed i'm sure um you can make a metaphorical tree like uh metaphor like yeah i mean a blossoming thing of doing good deeds i mean that's 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 the best i can get i hate where we're going (laughs) sorry well no no i like i like it i like where we're going thank you sean (laughs) thank gosh gosh i'm an upbeat podcast gosh you're an upbeat guy sean (laughs) (laughs) well no because i think it makes sense because phil phil is trying to make a lot of plans he's trying trying to quote unquote make a tree right a metaphorical tree he's trying to control everything but you can't control everything. You know, poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. That that Phil can make all his plans and he can, you know, do his his research and dig dirt on everyone in town and everything. But eventually there's there's some power outside of him that has a higher level of control. And it's just it's the chaos theory. It's string theory or quantum, whatever, that he can't control everything, that things are going to change no matter how much he tries to control that there's, you know, he's got to, he's got to surrender himself to the higher power there, you know, mm, yeah, there you go. It, it works when you work, you know, keep coming back, yeah. I guess is the, the lesson of this minute. Uh, of course. And um, the, you said the composer is the one who did this, this little theme here. Yeah. So, so we, yeah, the little bit of score is, uh, I've been saying George Fenton. I hope that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's the, uh, the, yeah, the, the composer who did, who did the score? He does a nice little, a little piano thing, and um, so what we have? So we start at, um, yeah. So at about what, fifteen, twenty seconds, ten seconds, about ten seconds in, when we start on that, the the shot of the window pans across. We get the clock, we get the mints, we go back to the bed, and then the rest of this minute, there's no more cuts. It's that single shot of you know phil and rita in bed and uh ramus actually makes a comment on this on the director's commentary in the blu-ray that when they went to edit this 
they realized they didn't have this was not on purpose, at least the way he says it. They just realized they didn't have any other shots. They didn't have any close ups on Rita or Phil or kind of anything else they could cut in. They just had, you know, they just had this shot of the two of them in bed. So they they went with it. And it's so it's most of this minute. It's going to be the entirety of the next minute. And it's going to finish up on Friday. It's um, it's actually oh, man. Where's my notes? There we go. It's actually it's over two and a half minutes wow. uh, without a cut of just them in, in bed. And that's you know, that's that's brave. They, you know, even he says, well, we didn't have any other coverage. They didn't have any other shots. You can always do reshoots. You can always call the actors in. You or, can always do it from POV of Phil's face looking at her and the other way. Yeah. And, you, know, you could throw in something. This yeah. is very my dinner with Andre level. Just <laughs> them just looking at each other. And it, yep. I mean, it's only for two minutes, but when you're doing it by minute by minute, then you invite guests on and they're uh, <laughs> smack dab in the middle of it. It seems like it's really long. <laughs> it seems like a, it's long, a time. long time. Yeah. It's not it, bad, though. Uh, I like the line. I do like the one of the lines in this when he says, I won't touch you much. Uh, this kind <laughs> of humor, which is, I mean, Bill Murray's brand and bread and butter over years has been this kind of humor. He's always mm-hmm. been that kind of lovable creepo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look at Ghostbusters, yeah. at most of the movies. He's just this, you know, he would be the one that'd be like, hey, you want to, you know, he'd say something. I mean, I mean, Caddyshack, he's saying all these horrible things to the ladies and they can't hear him. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, if he does say something to him, they're like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it doesn't age well. And it's interesting that we've changed. If we did Groundhog Day again now, this line wouldn't even be in there. I just think it's in, always interesting when you go back and watch a movie and you're like, that doesn't ring true anymore. I mean, it's a funny line, He, but he was saying it to us, the viewer, not to her. She's asleep. Mm-hmm. I just think that's an interesting uh, turn for you were saying before, we're like, which Phil is this? Right. We still get a little dirty Phil. Yes. Yeah. So, but I actually, I, I, I don't mind the line. And I think it goes to show the progression that we've seen move Phil move through that, you know, that I, I kind of took it as a joke. It didn't make me feel uncomfortable. Oh, sure. I'm not worried that he's going to violate oh, no, no, this no, sleeping I, defenseless woman. No, no, this was never, that was never yeah. my intention. My intention is just the, the fact that they would put that line in a movie now. Yeah. Nowadays, they just wouldn't, they just wouldn't, the tone yeah. wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be set. Whereas in this, it just plays to Bill Murray's, you know, style. every, yeah, that's just his style. Just, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah it could, could also be that same thing with the, boy, gosh, you're upbeat. It's <laughs> one of those things where if he says it, yeah. you're kind of like, nah, he's harmless. Yeah. Right, yeah, the, the lovable creep factor. We, we've talked about just, I mean, the whole movie, this, this character has to be, he has to be a jerk. And he does, I mean, he does a lot worse than just say he, you know, this, this kind of joking threat. That he's gonna touch Rita in her sleep, like he he is done. Forget what he said; he's done worse than that. He murdered Yet, that old man by not helping him. Exactly, <laughs> and who you know he, he's what he's doing to that kid. We don't know, but <laughs> but somehow we still like him. Land on my thumb, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, how PG is this? <laughs> well, it's not PG anymore. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. But but yeah, he's got. We we still have to like him. This is not. You know, this is not Scarface. 
where you cannot like the the lead character, you, you know, not like the main character and still appreciate the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this works at all if you don't have some level of sympathy and empathy for Phil. And yeah, if this the creepiness and the jerkiness gets to be too much. Um I'm just trying to think of like Yeah, Ramis was smart yeah. not casting. We was talking he had talked about originally casting uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks couldn't have been the creep. Like, yeah, no. To that level, whereas that. I think Bill Murray plays a jerk mm-hmm. yeah. really well. But yeah. he's also, when he turns off, this this is closer to how I think Bill Murray really is. And the sweetness that comes out of him in his normal life. Ooh. Now that I'm older and have seen like how he interacts, he's with fans, he's with fans, he's exhausted. He's always exhausted with fans. Mm-hmm. But supposedly he's one of the nicest like kindest people. He's just quiet. He's just this quiet, contemplative guy. Kind of like, you know, Steve Martin seems nice to everybody, but Bill Murray only seems nice when he feels he should be. It, it's a weird thing because I'm not trying to bash the guy. I, lo- I love Bill Murray, but you know, he, he sometimes he comes off as crass and in the eighties and nineties, he was definitely probably crasser than he is now. He's mellowed, but I'm just wondering if this is closer to like his, you know, he's like an introspective gentleman. Yeah, and, he, and he, in yeah. this scene, because he and Harold Ramis are friends, so like you know, uh, directing this scene, I would think you know, hey Bill, just do, you know, just do it the you know, don't be goofy. Just you know, I'm sure they had a much shorter hand, shorthand of talking about how they wanted this played. Yeah, that's I like that. You're a good cast. Um, <laughs> I well, know. That, <laughs> well, that because that that I wasn't going to mention it, but it's a perfect segue into something that Ramis talks about in the director's commentary. Um, I don't know if you know this, but this scene is um, Ramis says it's based on Bill's wedding night. What? Which, which, when you say based on, makes it makes me think that they didn't have the scene, and then he heard the story, and then he wrote it. I don't know if, if yeah, based on maybe too rough. strong, yeah. but um, at least it's it's related to a story that Bill tells. If you know, talking about if you get him alone in private company or with his friends or anything, on um, on Bill Murray's wedding night, his wife had a little bit too too much champagne, and she fell asleep, and and Bill talks about how he talked to her you know, in her sleep and kind of you know, maybe said some things that he wasn't comfortable saying while she was awake kind of thing. But so this is, you know, when you say like, you feel like you're getting close to the real Bill, Bill Murray in, in this scene mm. that, yeah, it, I mean, a little bit is it's based on, or at least related to a, a similar story or similar incidents that happened in, in Bill's life where he, yeah, he knows he's kind of talking to a woman that's, you know, is asleep and it's them alone and he can kind of be free, um, you know, free of inhibitions or shyness or anything and kind of and you know, also, speak from the heart. It might be just how comfortable he is in the scene, too. I mean, they're literally in a bed. Uh, it's a really close, intimate shot. So I don't know how many people mm-hmm. were in the room when they were shooting this. This could have been shot later at night. I mean, you never know where the actor is when they do this. Um, the fact that it pans in from the snow tells me they're on a set, so they're really not there, obviously, in, in, you know, by a window with snow, and it may not be night. But you know, I, it, it speaks a lot to the direction of this movie. And, I, you know, I, I, I find it I find it interesting that you guys brought up that it's you know the scene is based on on what happened with him on his wedding night. Well, he's going through a divorce from that wife while he's making this movie. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a whole you know layer of of something else for him there to deal with. And 
may have been part of the reason that he and uh, Ramis clashed a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was part of it, and we've never gotten you sort of the definitive tale from either one of those, and and now Rio Ramis is no longer with us, so we won't get it from him. But I think that was part of it, um, and kind of and, and also going back to the comment about feeling close to to the actor at yeah. this point. I was surprised. I don't know if I've mentioned this. I think I've, I was surprised. So I'd always heard kind of part of the disagreement, part of the, the, the schism that, that came out of this movie between Ramis and Murray was a disagreement in the movie itself. One wanted it to be more comedy and one wanted it to be more serious and, and deal more with the philosophical aspects of, of this story and I had always assumed that it was Murray who wanted it to kind of yuck it up and be more of a straight comedy. And it was Ramis who wanted to get more philosophical. But researching for the podcast, I had it completely backwards. Yeah, I would definitely think it was it was Murray because he was always ever since after Ghostbusters and all that, he always wanted to do more serious films, hence the Razor's Edge and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think so I guess this, he's this, much happier now being able to play the parts that he does, I think, more than just having to do straight comedy like he did in the 80s and 90s. You know? Yeah, I wasn't aware. Like, he actually has a pretty, like, a multi-year break. I think yeah. other than he does, he has that little cameo in Little Shop of Horrors. But he has a break of three, four years where he doesn't do movies and he went to Paris and he, he studied history and philosophy. Like there was a definite um, the, 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 the turn towards the serious wasn't as gradual as I thought it was. And eventually he does things like Lost in Translation and, he, um, he, you know, he can get real serious at times. But so, yeah, that was Murray was the one pushing to get more of the philosophical bent while it was Ramus who was pulling the other way to, to be a more, uh, you know, a, more of a comedy in line with Ghostbusters and Scrooged and, and uh, maybe going back to Caddyshack. I mean, it, it wouldn't be that kind of comedy, but more in line of, of their previous collaborations. So uh, yeah. So we get, we get Bill being serious, reading poetry through, through the character of Phil. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that honesty comes through, and and Ramis in, in that director's comedy, Ramis makes comments a lot of times how um, a lot of the reactions from Rita to Phil are honest reactions of Andy McDowell to Bill Murray, particularly um, a lot of the laughs that we get, a lot of the laughs that Phil gets are honest, honest laughs of of Bill cracking Andy up. So I do like, I, you know, I do like the chemistry and it does take, um, you know, there has to be chemistry. There has to be something between the actors to kind of carry this kind of scene where it is just continuation from from yesterday of more of just these two um, in, in this quiet moment. And really, and it's it's Bill doing a lot of the heavy lifting and and Andy McDowell pretending to be asleep. Wow. I mean, how do I where do I get that job? So just lay here, close your eyes. You know, does is she a mouth breather? I see the, the her her lips part a little bit. Just kind of breathe through your mouth. Try not to drool too much. Damn mouth breather. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, that so that's kind of that's what I had for minute seventy two. I don't know, you guys, Jonathan and, and Christopher. Anything? Anything else? Anything else on trees? On on poems? You want to add on? No. 
on on creepy molester jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no molester jokes. No. Um, all right. So yeah, let us let our listeners know where they can find uh, more of you. Chris, you want to do it this time? Uh, no, you go. You're good. <laughs> you know it all better than I do. I don't know this stuff. <laughs> You can find us on the interweb. We have 110 episodes in the can. We're going to be doing some hiatus episodes probably during the summer. Some fun movies. So check us out at MinuteImpossible.com. On Twitter at MinImpossible, M-I-N Impossible. And on Instagram at MinuteImpossible. And we also have a Public Minute Impossible, where we have t-shirts from the uh, from our podcast, Inside Jokes. One of them, which Dave came up with. Um he uh he jumped on man down Ethan man down Ethan and it became a thing for like a week in our uh, in our podcast so, for a uh, week I think we still do it we did oh, it quite a bit I always do it man yeah down. I do too <laughs> but uh, yeah it's uh it's it's come and come and see us we do a lot of the same things these guys do we just talk about a movie that actually has um, tracking shots multiple <laughs> camera angles and sound so uh, yeah join us on Minute Impossible. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So thank you very much. So listeners, uh, check that out. And uh, thank you for listening. And check us out tomorrow. If there is one.